Have you ever cried and prayed over a child who seems so uninterested in Jewish tradition? Did you wonder why God didn't hear you? Welcome to the Transformative Duff. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on page 53 of Tract Exubus, and we learned that Hashem always responds. Sometimes He may take a generation or two to answer those prayers. Never give up and never write off any child. Welcome to the Transformative Duff, and thank you for being my Chavrissa today. I like to begin with a story. The year was 1951. Two young men in sandals and shorts wandered into the Panovich Yeshiva in Bnei Brak, wanting to learn Torah. The rabbis didn't know what to say. The chasm between secular and ultra-Orthodox Israelis was so great that they were utterly confused by the request. They went to ask the great rabbi, Rabbi Avrami Shaya Karelis, the Chazan Ish, what to do. The Chazan Ish said, let me tell you a story. In late 19th century Eastern Europe, the winds of change were blowing. Children from the most devout families were forsaking Jewish observance and joining new movements from Bolshevism to anarchism, Reform Judaism to secular Zionism. Many young secular Zionists were leaving their families and Yiddishkeit behind and traveling off to Palestine to become pioneers and work the land. Their parents would cry and pray, but it seemed their prayers went unanswered. But their prayers didn't go unanswered. God took their tears and bottled them up, waiting for the storm to pass. He then opened the bottles and sprinkled the tears upon the children of these pioneers. When they felt that spiritual awakening, they decided to knock on the doors of the yeshiva and return to the service of the Almighty. Go and teach them Torah. Their grandparents are smiling down from above, shepping nachas. Let's look at today's Gemara. Rav Papa arranged for his son to marry into the family of Abbasura. He went to write the Ketubah, Yehuda Bab Marema heard, and came out to present himself before him. When they came to the entrance, Yehuda took his leave of him. Rav Papa said to him, Let the master enter with me. He saw that he wasn't amenable. He said to Yehuda, What is on your mind? Is it on account of that which Shmuel said to Rabbi Yehuda, Sharp one, do not be a partner in the transfer of an inheritance, even from a bad son to a good son, as it is not known what seed will come from him, and all the more so from a son to a daughter. But this, the obligation to provide a dowry, too is an ordinance of the sages, as Rabbi Yochanan said in the name of Rabbi Shimba Yochai. Let's analyze the Gemara. The Torah's law of inheritance stipulates that all sons receive an equal portion, except for the firstborn who receives a double portion. While there are various legal devices available to an individual seeking to restructure his will to reapportion the inheritance amongst his sons and daughters and others, the sages cautioned against being present when such a contract is written. In our Gemara, Yehuda bar was hesitant to be present as Rav Papa was preparing the Ketubah for his daughter, fearing that it was being used as an opportunity to transfer a significant sum of money to her in the form of a dowry. After all, would that not essentially be a case of circumventing the law that reserves inheritance for sons, thereby transgressing the rabbinic ordinance prohibiting the subversion of the Torah's inheritance laws? Rabbi Papa rejected any such suggestion, explaining that the same rabbis who condemned the subversion of the inheritance laws also instruct, instructed a father to present his daughter with a significant dowry in order to offset her lack of inheritance. Why did the rabbis forbid the transfer of inheritance from one child to another? Because it's often motivated by the father's displeasure with his son's behavior. His son isn't following in his footsteps, and so he decides that he's not deserving of any inheritance. Our sages responded by saying that right now, that child may be unworthy of receiving the inheritance. However, you never know what offspring will come from this black sheep of the family. 
If you write him out of the family, you are potentially jeopardizing not only his own chances of rehabilitation, but also those of his children and grandchildren. What a powerful message. We must never despair of anyone. Even if that person never comes around, who knows what will become of his offspring? The Tanakh is replete with examples of wicked individuals whose children or grandchildren chose the right path, particularly among the royal families. Like many of his forebears, King Ahaz was a wicked king. Under his leadership, idolatry flourished in the land of Israel, with Ahaz going so far as to replace the temple altar with a Syrian-inspired design. But then along came his son Chizkiyahu, who embarked on a national project to restore the piety of the Jewish people. Our sages tell us that during his reign, even small children were well-versed in the laws of purity and impurity. No doubt the prayers and tears of David and Shlomo rained down upon him as he changed the direction of the kingdom for the better. It's tempting to be dismissive of people who have left the holy path of their parents, but you never know how their children will turn out. If you make them feel unwelcome and unloved, you're decreasing the likelihood of their kids ever embracing our heritage. When you show them warmth and let them know that there's always a place for them in our shuls and schools, you never know what incredible consequences you might be engendering. Or maybe it's your own children who are not following in our footsteps, in the footsteps of tradition. Don't despair. Keep on loving them unconditionally. You never know what will happen with their children, your grandchildren. My friend Avi grew up traditional, but not religious. His mother had come from an observant Moroccan family. One day, his grandmother was sitting and bemoaning the fact that only one of her 13 children had remained religious. 14 years old at the time, Avi gave his grandma a hug and said, Safta, don't worry. One day, I'll become religious. He didn't know what he was saying at the time, but those words stuck with him. Today, he is a devout Jew. We all struggle to stay on track with our relationship with heaven. Some of our brothers and sisters have a more challenging time. Never give up on them, for you never know what the future may hold. May you love every Jew and merit to see their children and grandchildren thrive spiritually, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something in the Transformative Duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe. To achieving a life of simcha and purpose, transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf.